Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on plant-based nutrition. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of plant-powered topics, including health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, to teach you how you can be your most powerful self every day. With interviews with top fitness, health, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a non-judgmental, fun, and happy atmosphere. Sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with not only plant-based experts, but with people who have truly transformed their lives with plant-based nutrition. Today on the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast, I have Leah Weisberg, who is a registered nurse, therapist, and coach who works with women of all ages to empower them to live up to their true value. She has completed a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, a certification in Integrative Nurse Coaching, many continuing education courses in mental health, as well as training as a life challenges coach. She runs a private practice at Young and Lawrence in Toronto, Canada, supporting women one-on-one or in groups. Her mission is to help women establish self-worth before working on self-growth. She notes that women must be prepared to face failure before they take risks and she consistently sees that when one acknowledges their true value, that they naturally invest more time in their self-care. She lives in Toronto with her husband and three children, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Leah. Leah, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So one of my big passions in life is empowering women to take control over their health through food and fitness and wellness. And I know that you're also big on female empowerment. So what led you to want to empower women to live up to their true value? It's a great question. So um, by profession, I am a registered nurse and I worked in hospitals and I worked in home care and I took care of a lot of sick um, patients, elderly people, young pediatric patients. And I could see a common theme around the caregiving professionals that we tend to give so much of ourselves endlessly and actually jeopardize our own well-being mm-hmm. in order to do that. And then as I became a mom, and now I have three children, um, I see that across the board, it's the same theme with mothers, that they are constantly giving and giving and giving to others, which is beautiful, and we should, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with it at all, but there was no boundary setting on the giving, and the women the mothers and even the nurses became angry and resentful and it actually caused more harm than good. 
So as I saw more burnout and more resentment, more people acting as martyrs and thinking they need to jeopardize their entire self for the sake of caring for others, I really felt a strong need to have to share with people that if you want to be the most effective giver, you first have to fill your cup. And once you're full, you'll have so much more to give. You'll be so much more productive as you're trying to empower other people. And as a healthcare professional, now I make sure to do that for myself because I want to be the best giver and I want to do the best for other people that I'm caring about. I totally agree with that. So you're, you know, you're a busy wife, a busy mother, professional. How do you keep your life balanced to be able to, you know, to instill that self-care and then also be able to continue to be a busy mother and a professional? Right. So three things, planning and prioritizing and a lot of delegation. Yes. So I know very well what my strengths are and where I'm um, most effectively used, where I can be most productive and where I can feel the most accomplished. So I tend to do those things and leverage help in the areas that are not my strengths or my passions. Um, I choose giving to my children over cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and I have systems in place uh, where my groceries come automatically every week um, where I have slots of time scheduled in my week where I catch up on administrative tasks from running a home which include bills and papers and signatures and checks um, and I'd like to keep a lot of uh, information written down in front of me when I'm working especially um, on the job in my practice because I constantly need reminders to focus in on what my big goals are so I keep it in front of me telling me what are the big projects I'm working on so that I stick to those. Because if not, we tend to get carried away and we start something new and social media and the internet and our iPhones, they definitely intrude on our space and take up a lot of time. And I try to stay on task as much as possible with as many reminders and tips that I need around me um, so that I, I use my time efficiently. Absolutely. I find social media takes up a huge, a ginormous amount of time. Uh, so if you can start automating things and like you were saying, delegating, then, you know, that cuts down on, on all of those tasks. But how many women do you think out there are actually living up to their true value and who actually have a true sense of self-worth? So I took a few minutes to think about this question, and I really think it's about an 80-20 split. Um, I think 20% of us are really strong in ourselves, either by nature and how we were raised, or because we worked really, really hard on ourselves to get to a good place. But I think the other 80% of women are really seeking and searching and trying and failing and scared to try and scared to fail. Um, but there's so much hope and that's why there's 20% of us out there looking to be leaders and strength builders and empowered um, men coaches for women because so many of them need us. Agreed. There's, so there's something to be said about failure. I mean, I look back at every failed endeavor in my life and I look at it as, it as a learning experience and I can really go back and sort of pinpoint those moments and experiences when I failed. And, no, and sort of 
streamline them to where I am today. And I think that if I hadn't experienced those failures, I would be nowhere near where I am today. How integral do you think it is for women to face failure and embrace it and learn from failure? I think our attitudes towards failure is what needs to be shifted because we can't avoid it. It's mm -hmm. part of life. It's part of our journey. And on any endeavor we would take, on any trip we would plan, we would remain flexible to the fact that at different points on the road, we're going to need to stop and have a bathroom break. And if it's not me, it's my husband. If it's not him, it's one of the kids. And, and if not, if it's another kid or the baby needs a diaper change. And we would be okay to be flexible in those moments because we need to stop what we're doing and take care of the needs that have come up. So I think that's the same perspective we need to have about failure. And instead of calling it failure, looking at them as opportunities for growth and seeing right. that when they come up, our only job at that moment is to just remain flexible. And knowing that despite all our best efforts, even if we do all the right things, things sometimes will not go as planned. And it's not a reflection of your value. It's merely a place where you're recalibrating and rethinking what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why you're doing it. And from there, it becomes a place of growth. Right. I love that analogy because, you know, <laughs> oftentimes things in life, they're, they can't be, you know, controlled completely. And I think it's how you end up reacting to a situation as opposed to, um, you know, how you, how you deal with it. But if you react a certain way, then, and you're looking at it as failure, as a negative um, component of your life, as opposed to something positive where growth can come from, then I agree, you are, you have to change that perspective. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women don't necessarily want to talk about, you know, their health and well-being, and they're so concerned about taking care of everyone else. And for me, a huge part of my life is mental health and wellness. And it's the one thing that's really, you know, helped me with endometriosis. And it's helped me, you know, sort of have a different perspective on things and a more of a positive spin on having an inflammatory condition. But why do you think a lot of women overlook their own health and well being primarily? you know, mental health? Mm -hmm. So the real reason is because there's so much stigma attached to it, but it goes deeper than that in thinking, why is there a stigma attached to it? And that's because in this generation, even up until today, people don't believe things unless they can see it or feel it or measure it or sense it with mm -hmm. their senses. And it very much falls in line with, you know, the way science works, which is if you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Right. So as new research and findings come out and they share with us what consciousness is, the power of our thinking, the whole revolution of meditation and mindfulness and showing us how powerful our minds can really be, I think people will more able be more able to to accept the reality that our minds are real. And without education on how our minds work and learning how to um, take control, we often become vulnerable to our own thinking 
and cognitive distortions such as black and white thinking and fortune telling and mind reading, these leave us vulnerable to anxiety and depression, obsessions, inability to focus. And this is what leads to all the mental health that we experience and suffer from today because no one ever stops to tell us that we don't have to believe all our thoughts and that not all of them are true. Right. And do you think that if we, you know, if we have a sort of negative mindset about things, do you think that we can believe our thoughts so much that it turns into a truth for us? Exactly. So when we have distortions in our thinking that constantly come into our minds uninvited, and that's what they do, they come mm-hmm. in, they create a belief. So if my thought is always I'm going to fail. I'm a failure. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. My belief intrinsically will become that I must be a failure. And that's what's going to cause negative and depleting emotions, which culminate and become a mental health disorder. But what I really am concerned about is even more than the women who have a diagnosis and who seek medical treatment and psychotherapy are those women who are not qualified for a diagnosis, but who are suffering. The women out there who have symptoms of excessive worrying or excessive sadness or very intense emotions or they can't focus, but because it doesn't affect their functioning in all areas of their life, they don't qualify for um, the diagnostic statistics manuals diagnosis of a psychiatric illness. So what kind of support are they getting and what kind of help could we offer those people? Right. So say there's a woman listening right now who is that exact woman. How can she start to, you know, open up that conversation and start, you know, incorporating a little bit more self-care and a little more understanding and helping other people who surround her understand what she's going through? Right. So like going back to the analogy of going on a road trip, whenever Mm -hmm. we're challenging, we always use a map. And we always read the road signs. And we always stop and ask for directions if we're lost. And that's exactly what we need to do in life. If we're feeling lost, if we're feeling confused or overwhelmed, we just need to pull over and ask for help. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an intensive psychotherapy, psychological session, but maybe it's a mom support group. Maybe it's just an older, more wiser mother or friend or woman who can give you direction as to what course to take because what hinders us is to help us be more objective about ourselves we will stay stuck and Mm -hmm. we know when we're traveling when we want to determine what our destination is we need to go to an expert to give us as much um, education about it as possible. Like if you're going on a new trip to a new country you've never been there before, you'd want to know a little bit about it before you showed up. So if you're embarking on having children or starting a business or you're getting married, educate yourself on what that means and what that could look like and how to be the most successful person at it. And realize that it's not a shameful thing to ask for help. It's actually a courageous one. Absolutely. And, you know, so many, so many people around you are willing to support you. You really just, it's like what I tell people, you know, who make that transition to plant-based nutrition and they're like, well, I'm going out to a restaurant that, you know, I'm going to a steakhouse. And I say, well, ask them for a plant-based meal. And you would be very surprised at how many restaurants and how many people 
just want to accommodate and help you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. They really do. You know, I can, <laughs> it doesn't take much. You just, all you have to do is ask and you shall receive sometimes. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about corporate professionals and, you know, how can a corporate professional who is working a thousand hours a week, how can she uh, look at that jam-packed schedule that she has and start beginning to, or sorry, begin to make those changes on, you know, allocating some time for herself and especially self-care. How can she start that process of looking at the schedule and prioritizing things so that she's not, you know, wearing herself out or spreading herself too thin? Hey guys, Jennifer Z, plant-based and happy here. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We're going to take a short break to learn about this week's sponsors, The Skim. In 2012, Carly Zakin and Danielle Weisberg founded The Skim from their couch. Now, six years later, their morning newsletter gives over 7 million subscribers the news and information they need to start their day. When they first started the company, they got a lot of advice from other female entrepreneurs. Now they're sharing those conversations and more on their podcast, Skimmed From The Couch. Every week you'll hear from women like Ariana Huffington, founder of The Huffington Post and Thrive, on why she puts her phone to bed at night. Or how about Melanie Whalen, CEO of SoulCycle, on why she has a millennial mentor. It's a podcast about the real stuff, tips and tricks to launch, grow, or change your career. The only rule on the couch, no BS. I'm so excited to share with you this podcast. Check out Skimmed from the Couch wherever you listen to podcasts. Right, that's a, it's a great question. Um, so I'm assuming you're speaking about someone who has the awareness that yeah. there's something a little bit off. So what we would say is that they're in the contemplation stage of change where they're really thinking about why they aren't taking care of themselves and how could they do it. So the first step they would need to do is to make a plan. They would need to prepare. And during this preparation or planning session, they would need to take time to probe and think deeply about how their schedule got the way it is. What motivated her to pick one activity to give time for versus another? Why is she working 10 hour days and not spending time with her children or vice versa, depending on what her real true values and goals are. And often you'll find that underlying the motivation to a lot times to certain things is really a lot of fear that they won't be good enough mm -hmm. or feelings of guilt or that they just can't say no. These are all different types of cognitive distortions that lead us to prioritize things without thinking thoroughly. And one of the distortions that I'd like to teach women about is called superhero thinking, which is 
that mom out there who's an executive in a corporation running her own business, has little children at home, has a husband she needs to be supportive towards, has a house she needs to maintain, and everything that comes along with that, and she truly believes that she has to be the superhero in all of those things. And I think yeah. that is really a distortion that we have because it's really not possible. It's no not humanly possible. Absolutely. It's not humanly possible. Right. And I, and the other thing is it's not necessary either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of women fall into that category where they can't say no. And you I know, it, it's that guilt and that shame, you know, what do you mean? What do you mean you can't do that? What do you mean you don't have time? Especially with family and friends, that's, you know, that's the hardest part too, is, um, you know, at work, it's one thing, but when you're with family and you're being spread too thin, it's, it's, it's another thing as well. It's very hard. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I love your wellness minute. Um, can you tell our listeners what wellness minutes are? And why did you create them? So there's a lot of fanfare out there on mindfulness, meditations, what it means, what it's helpful for. And I think there's a little bit of a misnomer around what it is and what its purpose is and how it can help you. Mm-hmm. So what I define these things is it's really when you take time to create peace and tranquility in your life. So I named my guided practices or awareness practices, wellness minutes, because that's truly just what they are. Mm-hmm. They're time chosen to work on your well-being and who you are. And there's many different philosophies and religious times with different meditations and the way mindfulness came about. And I wanted to make sure that what I offered was completely non-denominational not something that sounded overwhelming or something that people needed to learn about to do. And I wanted to make sure that women didn't feel like failures when they did it, because a lot of people are um, turned off from different meditation or mindfulness practices because they think they're doing it wrong. And so attaching this label to what it is other than time allocated for your own self care maybe women will feel like the success is in taking the time. It's not in doing a particular practice the correct way because there is no right way. Right. And it takes the pressure off. I know, you know, like when you're looking at a meditation that is 30 and 40 minutes long, oftentimes that's a huge deterrent, first of all. And second of all, if there's a religious tone with it, that's also that also can be a deterrent as well because it's sort of taking away from what you were saying the time for yourself as opposed to you know having to learn something or or having to do something that almost feels like it's not genuine to who you are mm-hmm. and you'll see in that none of my wellness minutes are more than seven to ten minutes at most because as a busy mom and a professional even if anyone said to me that there's huge health benefits of meditating for an hour every day, I still wouldn't do it. It wouldn't be realistic for me. So I need to offer something to my clients that is realistic. Absolutely. And if it takes an hour out of your day and you're becoming stressed out because you have other 
things that you have to do or you want to spend time with your kids, then I don't feel that that's all that beneficial in the long run anyhow. Right, right. And definitely the practice in and of themselves is not the end goal. The end goal is to use them as a tool to help calm you, to bring you to more serene place, to train your mind to have more control over your thoughts and your feelings so that when you go out to work or when you're parenting your children or speaking to your husband, you can have enough clarity and space in your mind to make good choices. Yes, which is, which is perfect. And we're going to also add the link to your wellness minutes to our show notes. But just wrapping up here, what kind of advice can you give to a woman who right now is listening and is feeling completely lost? So I would say to engage in a process of education, but not from a place of fixing or labeling or figuring out what's wrong, but from Mm -hmm. a place of wellness, figuring out how does my mind work? How can I maximize its potential? How can I discover what's good about me and what strengths and values and assets I have to offer? Because the more we get to know ourselves, the more we can channel our needs and our natural drives in the right places so we can feel fulfilled. So I would say engaging in an exploration project or a brief experiment or talking to a trained professional about how to live the best way. And when you exercise those strengths and the control over your mind and emotions, you're enhancing your entire well-being and productivity level altogether. So just like we would exercise our muscles and go to the gym, we need to exercise our minds. So education around how the mind works, I think is really the place to start. Yeah, definitely. Leah, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wealth of knowledge, sharing all of your experience with us. Um, I'm sure that there are women out there listening who have gotten a lot of value from this conversation and can now start thinking about their own, you know, wellness journey and how to, you know, start finding that self-worth and, and starting to grow from that and recognizing that. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of plant-based nutrition is to share information. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and family, both in person and through social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm so thankful for each and every share, mention, and follow from you guys. And if you're looking for more plant-based recipe inspos or you want to kickstart your very own plant-based journey, please visit www.jenniferz.com. Until next time, guys. Stay healthy, happy, and plant-based.